Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Rodenverse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we are continuing our timeline journey with the Lost Tierra story break, Mount Diablo. From pages 441 to 467, so don't worry, not too long this time around. (laughs) As always, there are our points to focus on. So today we've got fight scenes, relationships, and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis. As the earth itself turns against them, our heroes arrive at their destination and meet a 30-foot giant who's ready to destroy them and Tristan McLean. With a battle worthy of its name, the team take out their enemy, only thing now is for a father-daughter, heart-to-heart. And that's the the overview synopsis of these two, about well, four chapters. Um, considering this is like the... You know, I'm just going to get into it and then I'll talk about this later. So we start first with Leo's chapters. And, um, well, this is the overview for Leo. Gaia is messing with them by turning the mountain to quicksand. With more hints at Jason's background and an uneasy sense of him being the bad guy, we head up the mountain. As they go, Leo thinks on the drawing and his future destiny, the one he'll face if he survives this battle, of course. Then they reach the peak and meet the giant and find an unconscious Tristan. So they commence a terrible plan which goes, well, terribly, of course. With Leo using the nearby appliances to his advantage and Jason fighting the giant one-on-one, Piper rescues her father and they all fight like badasses. With Piper's dad now rescued, well, well enough, now Jason is in need of their help. He is losing to the giant and that can only go one way. And that is the overview for Leo's chapters. Now, I'm just gonna give a little bit of feedback and I will talk about this a little bit more, but the one thing I've just gotta say, I we've got like two climaxes in this book. And in terms of, if people don't know what climaxes is, because admittedly, technically it's a narrative term. So the climax is like the main peak of the thing. So everything that this that a book has been leading up to finally happens. And this book has two. We have this moment here on Mount Diablo, rescuing Piper's father, fighting another giant. And then the second climax will be in next week's episode, where we fight, an, uh, where we go up against another giant. And 
another fight with gods and evil people. So we have two climactic battles. I just... This is why this book is so long. It's actually insane. What would have... Okay, I just want to say, this is how this could have been improved. Have Piper's dad be kidnapped to the wolf house. And she has to go there, but she has to betray her friends along the way. So basically the same way that happens now, but she's got to make sure that they don't get to the wolf house. That's what she needs to do, that they don't get there, that she has to make sure that they fail or die along the way for her to then get to the wolf house to save her father. And then in the end, when they realise what's happening, they say, no, we'll go, we'll help you fight. We'll go there and help save your father, help defeat the bad people there and support you. That would have, that would need some logistic changes. But like, the fact that we have these two climactic battles in two different places, it's just, I just, I don't understand what the point is. It just, it feels like there's just too much happening. That's basically the situation here. There's too much happening. And it's just... It... This book is nearly 600 pages long. And as you've heard throughout it, there are so many things that were just so unnecessary. And I feel like this is one of them. Like, it could have been reworked so that the climactic battle is saving Tristan McQueen and defeating the King of the Giants. Um, I can't say his name. It's not Polyphemus. Begins with a P, that's all I remember. But no, they're on a different mountain with a different giant. This one is en Enceladus, um, who is like the giant equivalent for Athena. <sighs> I don't know. And it basically, the battles feel so similar, but this one is actually more interesting than the actual, like, the second climactic battle. But the one thing that I want to mention to do with this is, so apparently Jason is the leader of the group because they turn to Jason um they come up he doesn't come up with a plan coach hedge comes up with a plan and they look to Jason to confirm to it and he's like well I'm not the leader and they're like well, no he is the leader and we all you know we all agree I don't agree <laughs> Jason is not a leader like he's caused more problems than he's solved if anyone is the leader it's Piper Piper has contributed more to this quest than any of the others. She's helped save their lives on more occasion than one. But she's not considered the leader? Like, I just... I know in the next section she doesn't want to, like, be... She's mentioned that she doesn't want to be a leader. Jason doesn't want to be a leader as well. So also, you know, very heroic traits. Like, even Percy says he doesn't want to be the leader. Like, Piper and Percy actually ironically have quite a lot in common they both have a parent that goes missing they both have to kind of go off course of the original quest to save that parent obviously extra twist that Percy has to leave his mum behind to finish the quest but all these sorts of things like they're very similar and I feel like that's why I, even more so I think Piper should have been considered the leader also she has more information she actually knows stuff that she's she's Percy and Pi uh, Percy and Annabeth combined she actually knows about Greek mythology so she's actually been able to provide she even knew the monsters the earthborn things that attacked them made out of rocks she knew what they were like she does incredible things and yet she's not considered the leader it's I don't understand but for the giant aspect so we have Enceladus I think it's Enceladus. Um, so he's the giant equivalent for Athena. But 
why? I don't... Okay, this may just be a Greek mythology thing. Maybe this is part of his gifts, but it feels really weird that the giant equivalent to Athena is the one that bursts into flames and is surrounded by, like, mechanical items. I know technically the mechanical items are for, like, the Earth-born things, but, like, the fire thing alone just makes me think he should have been connected to Hephaestus. Like... Like, Hephaestus is connected to fire. Like, Leo is proof of that. Leo has fire powers and is immune to heat. Like, that feels more like a Hephaestus thing than an Athena thing. I know, it felt really random. All things feel random. But, um, the only other thing that I've got to feed back to this section is that I do love that we actually... It's taken us (laughs) 400 pages, but we're finally getting friendship moments between, uh, Leo and Piper in that um, he's, you know, supporting, trying to help Piper save her dad. Um, he distracts the monster that's about to attack them. He's about to get clobbered. And then Piper comes and, like, chops off all the arms of this earthen-born. And she looks absolutely terrifying in doing so. And you know what? I stand. Piper, this is what I keep saying. Piper is the only valid character in this book because she actually contributes consistently to this group. She just doesn't have the self-confidence to believe that she has. So like I said, she's Percy. But um, to move on from that and into Jason's chapters, unfortunately. <laughs> so here is Jason's chapters overview. Jason battles the giant one-on-one, but with the earth quite literally holding him back, he struggles. A poor calculated move leads to his back blistering from the flames and not long after, his golden spear splinters in half. As he considers giving up and dying, Leo and Piper come to his rescue. Only a god and a hero can kill a giant though, so our trio work on that plan. Jason calls out to his father for strength and help and with the power of lightning, he sends the giant back to Tartarus. The job now done, all that's left is to save Hera and for Piper to speak with her father. And that's kind of the overview for Jason's chapters. As as well as we're not particularly surprised, I'm bored by Jason's chapters. Even though we have this huge fight in Jason's chapters, I don't understand what's going on in this. Um, There's a lot of telling, not showing as well, like I gotta say, the feedback for this for his two chapters, the chapter structure feels really weird. Like we open with him saying he knew he was dead when his spear broke, but then his weapon doesn't break until like near the end of this first chapter. Like it sounds like it happened near the start, and I get confused because then it happens later, and he's and he's still using the weapon. Um, and then you know he's then doing it all by hand and I don't know it's just it it read really weirdly I got really quite confused like I thought he'd lost the weapon near the start but then we don't get the description till the end so why say it's gone badly when his spear broke when his spear doesn't break till the end of the chapter like I don't know it's weird either it's a continuity error or it's just not the best writing but I I don't know it just it read really weirdly the only other thing as well is and we get a lot of this in the next section as well but like the telling not showing of him 
quote unquote, single-handedly defeating a titan. It's just there to make us think that he's as good as Percy as a fighter. Like, well, just as good as Percy and Annabeth by just giving him heroic deeds and saying, oh yeah, he's done this, he's done that, he did this, without actually showing us him doing heroic deeds except when it's necessary. Like, these moments with the giant, I feel like his fights with the giants and him almost, like, being solely responsible for defeating the giant... I feel like that's only there to show that he's a competent fighter when really he's he's really not like throughout the book he, he's not that be, he's not being that useful if I'm honest the only people who've been useful in fights so far have been Leo and Piper two characters who don't have you know muscle memory fighting skill that Jason should have I don't know it's just it frustrates me that we're just being told about his feats and not shown them. Like if he'd been if he'd been shown that he was highly skilled consistently throughout the book, without many moments of him being knocked unconscious or collapsing or making errors and all these sorts of things, then I'd believe it. But the fact is, we've not been shown that. We've just been shown him kind of messing up a lot and others being more skilled than him. The only moment that I think was impressive of his was when he fought single-handedly with uh, that guy Lit, with, you know, King Midas. But again, that whole section with King Midas just felt really random. But that's really the only time, and maybe at the Grand Canyon, but even then he wasn't really doing it by himself. We don't really have any other moments except for those possible two of him showing his capabilities as a fighter. And then again, we get a little bit of his misogyny. Why do, Why are so many characters in this series like borderline misogynistic? I just do not understand. Like his commentary of Piper fighting, of her being beautiful, like focusing solely on her beauty, and, and not not even with her fighting. Like she came to his rescue, trying to wake him up because he gave up and was basically about to die, because you know he's incompetent. And a bit of an idiot for taking... Uh, well, I don't know. The whole thing is just weird. But she's trying to make sure that he doesn't, you know, give up and die. And all he's focusing on is how beautiful she is. Stop reducing women to their physical attributes. I'm getting really tired of it, if I'm honest, actually. And it's something that Heroes of Olympus is the only thing that, it, that really does this. And it irks me and it pisses me off women and just characters in general are more than their physical attributes i just do not understand the point of reducing piper as a character to her beauty when she's shown that she's so much more than that i'm getting really angry oh my god (laughs) let's move on quickly fan let's move on quickly um so i want to get into the main points of the episode for this so i want to start first with friendships um and mainly with leo and piper i feel like leo and piper that's what i've been mentioning a lot their friendship is the only one that makes sense or should but they're not given enough moments to actually explore that friendship because like like i think i think i've mentioned this before jason wasn't actually with them in their memories it was just them as friends he was just inserted into that friendship 
they were best friends, but we've not seen or had any interactions with them in any friend-like capacity. But finally, at this point, we are seeing them having moments of friendship. We even get this really beautiful moment of like when Piper destroys this earthen-born figure who is about to like bash Leo in, she destroys him and she says, like basically declaring it out loud that no one hurts my friends and Leo in his obviously commentary is like, and I realised that she meant me, she meant I was her friend. And that was so sweet, it was so lovely to see that. I'm just disappointed that it took to this point for us to see proper friendship moments between these two characters because their friendship is the only logical thing because it's actually real. Their friendship is the only real thing. Jason is a figment of their literal imagination in their history as friends, but their friendship is real. Oh, the relationships in this series are done so poorly. I'm sorry, Rick. I love your work, I do, but you messed up in so many areas, honestly. What I do want to mention about Piper though with this is that in general her protectiveness in this section is insane and incredible at the same time. Same with Leo's. Like they feel like the most connected people in these chapters, at least more connected than before and I can really, like I can see that and it's, I love it. I love seeing that and it's, it's just, it's nice to see them get this development of their friendship. I will admit though that it, it's odd that this is a friendship that's just kind of suddenly had a deep moment here. They do get another one in the next section, but like, I know. And we've not seen this built up well enough for me to really invest in that friendship and that relationship because, you know, it only really just happened here. And even with all three of them, like, Leo talks about how in sync they were and they knew exactly what they were doing. I'm like, since when, mate? Since when? <laughs> like, Y'all are not close, you don't know anything about each other, you, like you've shared nothing to a deep level. There is no relationship here. Suddenly you're in sync, just not buying it. But I'll kind of half let it slide because of this really lovely moment between Piper and Leo. The other thing that I'm going to talk about in regards to relationships is the family situation of Piper and her father. Um, I've got to say, I really do love this. We get a bit more of this in the next section, but what I really do want to talk about is that I, I just, I, I enjoy the conflict of like that Piper, that Piper experiences of like figuring out whether to choose her friends or her dad, and just seeing like the devastation and the, the conflict that she has of that as just a whole. The only thing is, I wish it was written a little bit better. Like, it just feels like indecision rather than something that should be painful trying to figure out what to do. Like, she's been given a choice, her friends or her or her father. And it does, like, her being indecisive about it feels really kind of random. Like, it feels like it should be something that's more of a devastating choice of, like, the sort of the anguish of trying to figure out like I can't make this decision I can't choose so what do I do because I could lose one or the other either way because I can't make this decision I don't feel like that that's written as well as it could have been but what I do love is how she destabilizes the earthborns with like a single charm speak powerhouse line 
of you will not harm those I love. Yes! Because they like they, they even apologise to have these earthen-born creatures. They apologise saying, sorry, but we won't, we won't. And step back, kind of almost afraid and like, oh, it was just... This is the powerful Aphrodite signs I was talking about. Like, Aphrodite is powerful as fuck. And finally, Piper is recognising the power of love. It's taken way too damn long, but she's finally got it, and we're finally seeing it as a reader as well. And I appreciate to the ninth degree that we're getting this, even if it's taken 400 plus pages. It's finally here. Thank you. Also, her rushing to her father's side and rescuing him, like he's the damsel in distress and she's the hero, because basically, but obviously not damsel in distress, but seeing sort of the the twist on that of it being a woman rescuing well a girl rescuing a man love it love it and then destroying the monster that was going to hurt leo again piper the true mvp of this book no question no doubt piper is the percy jackson of this of this book She's actually, no, she's the equivalent. I know everyone says, oh yeah, it's Piper versus Jason. Uh, no, it's Percy versus Jason. No, 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 it's Percy versus Piper. They're, they could, it's the same thing with Tali. They could either be great allies or great enemies. That should have been, that should have been a rivalry that's brought out in the later books. That would have been amazing. But no, the later books is when they ruin, is when Rick kind of ruins Piper's character. But I'll get to that when we get to that point. But to go to the fight scenes though now i touched a little bit on the leo slash piper and the earthborns thing but i just gotta say probably the second best fight description in this whole book we've got great visuals of leo using the machines and using them to destroy the earthborns and even focusing on the work that piper is doing to rescue her dad um, like I keep saying, I'm going to keep bringing it up. My favourite part is definitely the Earthborn losing all of their six arms and being confused as to like how and why when they then just kind of explode and Leo sees a wild-eyed, terrifying-looking Piper behind the creature. That was so powerfully and beautifully written. I'm so kind of glad that we were in Leo's POV to see her that way because guaranteed if we were in Jason's POV he'd be focusing on how beautiful she is because Jason's gross the men in this series are gross and just no the boys the boys in this series are just gross more often than not when it comes to women but um yeah just <laughs> leo and piper because they i wish they were the only characters in this book if i'm honest jason is just jason really brings down this book for me leo has his moments because he doesn't develop well as a character but like at least if they were in it and they were the ones who their friendship was the main focus and someone else was coming in. I need to do a video on this, I think. I feel like Raina should have been the one in Jason's place or something like that. I don't know. But moving on to the next fight scene of the giant and Jason. Most unrealistic fight of them all. 100%. Like, well, the start of him irritating the giant of, like, like cutting the back of his legs, kind of basically kind of getting under his skin... That makes sense. Feels logical. Can get behind it. But then after he's injured, like literally had his back blistered by fire, he he has the skill to tackle the legs of a 
30 foot tall giant is just so illogical that it felt laughable when I read it. Like, how is a, how tall is Jason? Like, probably like five foot something. Hold on. Jason Grace height. Um, okay, so he's six foot. Um, oh, that's quite tall actually. Okay, but six foot in comparison to 30 foot. How is a six foot tall, mildly muscular, probably not that much, kid able to tackle a 30 foot tall giant by running into their legs? Like, Leo, I don't know if you mentioned this about the legs, but like this giant's arms are the size of Leo. His legs are probably even bigger than Leo. Like, how? How? Make it make sense. Add to that that he's then holding the giant down because of reasons and has enough strength to do so with a blistered back, considering the fact that he was considering death not long before by letting the earth swallow him and even got knocked, like the wind knocked out of him basically by his weapon exploding. He has enough strength to hold this giant down long enough to blast him with lightning from he and his father. It's so unrealistic that I just lost all interest in that fight because all it feels like is that this fight is a way and him defeating this giant in this way just feels like Rick is trying to say look how powerful Jason is and I'm like I don't believe it though because it's so goddamn unrealistic it just feels like you're trying to say he's just as powerful if not more than Percy which you know no <laughs> oh. We had so many good moments in this and then Jason had to ruin it all. <laughs> the only th positives that I really get from this is that the whole relationship between Leo and Piper is really like the thing that stands out to me the most about this section because it just, their relationship feels so raw, it feels so personal. We have this interaction, well not a proper interaction with like Piper and her father, but her desperation to save her father, it feels, it feels potent, it feels real and then we've got her and Leo working together fighting like honestly this would have been one of the strongest chapters chapter section well story sections for me if Jason's section hadn't ruined it honestly like Jason defeating this giant basically by himself and also just for next week also doing it again against another giant this that one being 40 foot tall without lightning, without a weapon, using a stick. It's just, it's so ridiculous that I lost all respect for this section because it just, I just don't understand like how it took, and also it happened in like two, three pages, this, oh, in two pages, this giant was defeated. Same with like later on. like. The Titans are meant to be weaker than... The Giants are meant to be more powerful than the Titans. And yet there are chapters that last longer fighting Titans than this one of fighting the Giant. I know technically the fighting with the Giant did last a little while. But defeating him? It just... I don't know. It just feels weaker in comparison. Like the fact that it was done quite easily of a child tackling a 30 foot tall Giant is just 
ridiculous. I just don't understand how this, how the writing and the scale of this fight scene made sense for Rick to write of being like, yeah, a child's gonna tackle, like rugby tackle this giant and then kill them with lightning with their dad. Seems logical to me, I'll write that. Like, no. <laughs> I don't feel like this giant should have been easy to dis- to defeat because it's a giant. Uh, Adding that the the fact that Jason was somehow capable of calling down lightning when he's so severely injured, like he's and then also immediately somehow the burns on his back are forgotten because he he mentions like the blistering on his back. His entire back would be covered in like the blisters of flames. He'd be in severe pain. He's just nearly given up on life. He's been winded by his weapon, and yet he has the skill to... I know I'm repeating myself now, but I just... I know this is mythology, but the fight scene should at least be a little bit more realistic than this. I don't know. This is the thing. I don't know anymore. That's where I'm at. But what I'll do is I'll just head into the question of the episode, so I'll stop writing for everyone. Um, so this week's question of the episode, obviously going up on all of our social media. I want to know, what did you think about the fight with the giant Enceladus? Did it feel realistic to you, or did you think it was just a little bit much? Whatever the case, obviously comment, respond, email, whatever, to when this question goes up on our social media tomorrow. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, we're sure to, uh, wait, hold on. <laughs> um, I want to thank you all for joining me for this story segment. Be sure to join me next Wednesday when I have a special guest with me to continue the Royal Verse journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, drop a follow, Apple Podcasts, rating and reviews, please, Audio Boom, Stitcher and Deezer. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find The Best Damn Camp on various social media, at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com or you can become a podcast patron over at patreon.com, such a healthy dose of Fran, for such perks as early access and other things <laughs> uh want more percy jackson content check me out on youtube at a healthy dose of fran or if you want to support my own writing drop me a follow at a dose of fran on instagram twitter and tiktok again thank you guys for tuning in as always i've been fran your very hunter and i'll see slash speak to you guys next time bye